applause today. Amen. Whew. All right. You probably already see my title, don't you? All right. I want to, <laughs> I want to share a message that I've entitled Ultimate Fighting. Ultimate Fighting. And um, this should be fun. Uh, we're we're going to direct our attention to the book of Genesis, chapter 32 today. Genesis chapter 32. This is the story where uh, Jacob wrestled with, uh, some say an angel, uh, some say this might have actually been a, uh, an Old Testament uh, manifestation of the Son of God himself. Uh, it, it's kind of all, all, all over the place. Uh, whom he was wrestling with. Uh, but here's what we understand. There was a good fight going on here. Okay? Anybody loved... Well, I probably shouldn't ask that. I was going to say, who loves to watch a good fight? Uh, but uh, <laughs> some of you like to participate in a good fight. Yeah, uh, You know who you are. Um, and today I want to take a look at this wrestling match that Jacob had. And I want to compare it today to those moments that we battle, wrestle, fight, not with our fists, but in prayer. How, how willing we are to kind of persevere and keep on fighting until the answer or the blessing comes. There's actually a lot to learn from this story, and I think we'll, uh, I think we'll have some fun unpacking this. So if you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word as we take a look at this together? And if you don't have your Bible, you can take a look on the screen. All my scriptures should be on there throughout the message here today. So here we go. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons. Jacob was a busy guy. Can we just say this? All right. And he crossed the ford of the Jabbok. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. Uh, So Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And the man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Then Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask me my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. 
The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. Let's pray. God, I pray that you would raise up some fighters. (laughs) Lord, not, not with each other. That's not your desire. But God, I pray that you would raise up some people that are willing to fight in prayer for those things that are important to us. So Lord, I pray that for those of us who have walked away from the battle, that we'd get right back in. To those intimidated by the battle, I pray, Lord, that their confidence would come from you. And those that are in the midst of the battle, may they know that the blessing is coming. And Lord, I'll thank you for all that's done today. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. It's so good to see all of you. Good to see our students again. I was just with you all two nights ago, three nights ago. Man, did we have fun or what? That was just the best. And uh, Noah made these sugar cookies that uh, I'm pretty convinced will be in heaven uh, once we get there. Oh, my word. That dude's got some talent. Let me just tell you. But it's so good to see you. Um, I want to ask this question before we go any further. And different people in this room are going to answer this differently, depending on who you are, depending on your circumstances, depending on your situation that you're currently in. But what is worth fighting in prayer for in your life? What's worth fighting for? In prayer. See, I, I am. Uh, I here's what I'm seeing. Okay, I'm seeing the enemy really try to do a number on families, on relationships, on people's health, on people's emotional health, on uh, the lives of. Children, uh, it could be that you find yourself today wanting to fight in prayer, or at least you know you should fight in prayer for your kids. That you should fight in prayer for your marriage. You should fight in prayer for your health. You should fight in prayer for your church and for your pastors. You should fight in prayer for your your city, where you live, your community. We should fight in prayer for our nation. I said we should fight in prayer for our nation. Yeah. We should fight, students, we should fight in prayer for your campus. Very dark place. You should fight in prayer for your job or your job situation. There are so many ways that every single individual could answer this question. There's something lingering inside of you. There is something that you're facing right now, and you know, you know that you need to fight in prayer. That This is worth fighting for. 
This is worth fighting for. What is it in your life that is worth fighting for? I probably own some things that I wouldn't necessarily fight for. But Noah's sugar cookies, I would fight for those. (laughs) Thank you. Maybe perhaps... uh, Maybe perhaps you've been on, on this journey of fighting for so long that you're not even sure if it's worth fighting for. You're not even sure. You're, you're just not sure. <laughs> and I want to encourage you today that it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. Your kids are worth fighting for. Your grandkids are worth fighting for. Your family is worth fighting for. Your church is worth fighting for. Your campus students, that's worth fighting for. All of these things that I've mentioned, they are worth fighting for. But, but our fight is not against flesh and blood. Paul tells us that in, in the book of Ephesians. Our fight is not against other human beings. And this is the problem that the church has gotten in trouble with is the fact that we try to make our fight a physical fight. We try to make our fight against other individuals. We seem to think that the opposing uh, uh, governmental party is our enemy. I'm here to tell you it's not. I'm here to tell you it's it's deeper than that. There are principalities out there. There are powers out there. There there are things going on in in the unseen realm. I'm not trying to freak you out, but I got to tell you, there's some supernatural stuff going on. And the only way that that can be defeated is when people fight in prayer. And the attack that's taking place against you or your family or somebody that you care very much about, you win this battle through fighting in prayer. So I want to compare Jacob's wrestling match to those times that we need to wrestle in prayer. And I'm just going to give you two points today. 27 sub-points, but I'm going to give you two. Two main points. No. Two main points. Some of you are like, why can't he have a shorter sermon during football season? There's no... Anyway. Let me break this up into two different sections. Are you ready? Number one, I want to I show you what Jacob's challenges were when he was going through this fight. They're the same challenges that some of us will face when we fight in prayer for those that we care about. When we fight in prayer for our health, our campus, our families, our kids, it's, it's the same. Jacob was going through, and I'd like to show them to you. Number one, we find out that Jacob was what I call withdrawn. He was all by himself in this fight. Dare I say this was not a tag team cage match. Not that I know anything about that. But look at verse 24. It says, this left Jacob all alone in the camp. All alone in the camp. And then the man came and wrestled with him. So he sent his two wives, 
his servants, all of his kids, all of his possessions forward. And he was left by himself to battle. So let me be honest with you. There will be moments when you're fighting in prayer that you will think that you are alone in this battle. In fact, at times, maybe other people will not come through for you like you'd want them to. Maybe the pastor dropped the ball. Maybe that prayer warrior that you thought you could pray with, they they didn't really come through for you. That support system that you would normally have, normally it's there, but this time it just doesn't seem to be there. And, And you find yourself feeling like you're all alone to fight this battle. But I will pause here and tell you that you and God make a majority. You and God make a majority. I'm I'm amazed how many times we hear stories of people like David's mighty men who found themselves battling entire armies by themselves. And it was through the power of God that they saw victory. You might feel alone, but you're not alone. You might feel like this is only your fight to fight, but to be honest with you, God is still there with you. But physically, Jacob could not see anybody else who was around him or near him. It was just him in this battle. But secondly, Jacob was not only withdrawn, but he was also wounded. Verse 25 says, when the man saw that he could not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> That's not a little paper cut. That, that, is, that is painful. And you know what? Some of the biggest wrestling matches I've ever had when I fought in prayer for whatever I was fighting for. I'll be honest with you, there have been moments, and I bet you could attest to this too, some of you. There have been moments where I felt a little hurt in the process. That the battle itself was kind of difficult, painful. Maybe somebody had an opinion about the fight that I was fighting. And they expressed that through some pretty unkind words. Maybe I found myself because I've been, I've been disappointed at how long it's taken for the answer or for the blessing to come that that alone hurts me. I feel like things should be done. And again, some of this is the product of our culture. We feel like everything should be done like that. And when it doesn't, And then along the way, there's pain there. If I'm praying for somebody here in the church, and I'm praying that God sets them free from from something, and then I turn around and I see that not only are they 
not free from that. They've actually gotten worse. That's painful for me. That's hard for me. When I pray for somebody that I care for, and they're not responding the way that they should. In fact, it seems like they're getting worse. Painful. Wounded. Maybe somebody might even say, you know what? Why don't you just lay off? Why don't you just back off a little bit? And your heart is there, but, but how many of you know when you fight in, in, in prayer for some people, it's almost like you're holding your heart out for them to see, and sometimes when they see that, they'll pick it up and then they'll <laughs> smash it on the ground. Pain. Hurt. In fact, I will tell you, in 23 years, some of the people that I have invested in the most emotionally are the ones that have taken advantage of that the most over the years. Pain. Wounded. Jacob himself, in the middle of this fight, gets injured. He was not only withdrawn, he was not only wounded, but then... Thirdly, I got to believe that he was getting quite weary. Quite weary. Now, I will confess to you something. I don't think I've ever confessed to you before. But when I was in Bible college, a group of us decided it would be cool to have a big fundraiser for our senior class. And we got a boxing ring from the local boys club. And we decided that we would do big-time wrestling (laughs) for the campus. We put on a show. Am I right, sweetheart? I am, yes. My tag team was the Heartthrob Express. (laughs) Our tagline was every girl's dream and every man's nightmare, yes. I was Phil the Thrill Anderson. That was my wrestling name. Don't laugh, don't laugh. I was quite hot then. (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) I will tell you, my match was only eight minutes long. I have never been more tired or bruised up in my life. And I was in pretty good shape back then, believe it or not. And I was... We were tagged team. I only fought half the fight. I was exhausted. I thought, oh my goodness, how do these pros do this for 20, 30 minutes? And I thought, whoa, this is crazy. But then I read, I, I read this now. Okay? Some of you are wanting to see that video of uh, me wrestling, and uh, it's, it's hidden away. I read verse 26 and it says, The man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But uh, Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. This was not a quick battle. They wrestled. Think of this. They wrestled all night long. Eight minutes, and Phil the Thrill was not feeling very thrilling. (laughs) Jacob... Jacob, don't call me that, by the way, okay? Those days are past. But Jacob, Jacob finds himself 
wrestling all night long. Do you know how tired that is? How tiring that is? Do you know how weary that's going to make you? Do you know how weary it is to fight in prayer for an extended amount of time? And you still haven't seen the blessing yet, but you're still praying. And then there's moments you think, well, I know I'm going to see the answer now. I'm, not, I, I'm going to see the answer now. And, and it just it doesn't take place yet. And okay, okay, I'm going, to keep on, I'm going to keep on fighting in prayer. I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on doing what I need to do. And that gets exhausting. I dare say that there are people that have given up the fight because, simply put, they're exhausted. They're, they're not fighting in prayer anymore because they're just, they're weary. They're weary. They're tired. Maybe that's you today. Here's what I love about this verse that you're looking at right now. Jacob said, I am not going to let you go. Injured hip and all. Total exhaustion and all. I am not going to let you go until I see the blessing. What we need from the church of Jesus Christ are people who are willing to keep on fighting in prayer until they see the answer, until they see the blessing, until they see their spouse come to know Christ, until they see that marriage restored, until they see that healing come, until they see the answer that they've been fighting for maybe for years. And here's the deal. Some of us pray for something for a week and we think, oh, I don't know if I can do this or not. There are people in this room who have prayed for the same thing for years. And God would say, don't give up. Don't stop. You keep on praying until the blessing comes. And the scripture says, we read it earlier, that Jacob was blessed there. And as a result of that, some things changed. That's the second point I want to give you today. I'm going to, I'm going to end with this. Jacob had some challenges, but then Jacob also saw some changes as a result of this fight. There were challenges but then Jacob saw changes. And I want to tell you today that that's God's desire for you. But it's not just to change your situation. He wants to change you. Let me say that again. So many times we get caught up in saying, God, change my situation. Change my situation. And God says, I'm fine with that, but I also want to change you. No, I didn't ask for that. But God, change my situation. Do this for me. Do that for me. Yeah, but I want to do this in your life. No, I'm good. Thank you. But God, change my situation. Make me more. And, and, and it just, it doesn't go that way. See, I will tell you that when God changes your situation, he tends to change you as well. There's a work that he wants to do in you, not just for you. 
Oh, come on, that's huge. There's a work that God wants to do in you as well as for you. And can I show you what changed as a result of that touch from that wrestling match? Number one, Jacob's whole mindset changed. He changed his name. He changed his name. Now, there are moments that we see name changes in the Bible. Okay? But I find this one really, really significant, and I'll tell you why. Take a look at this verse again, verse 27 and 28. You ready? What is your name, the man asked, and he replied, Jacob. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him, from now on. You will be called Israel. Look why. Because, you ready? You have fought with God and with men and have won. Let me give you some background information on Jacob. Jacob was a bit of a stinker. Jacob conned his big brother Esau to give up his birthright for food. In fact, this got so serious that Jacob spent much of his life running away or staying away from his brother Esau. And there are other moments in the scriptures where Jacob was a bit of a trickster, if you will. That became his reputation. Dare I say that that became his identity. But after this wrestling match, his identity changed. Because now, instead of being a trickster, you're going to be the one that's known as the one who fought with God and man and won. When you fight in prayer, you need to get ready. Because God wants to change you so much that you are not even like the person that you once were. You were once this, but then when God touches you, you were that. You were once this way. You had a history. You had a reputation, if you will, of some stuff that wasn't so good. But when you fight with God in prayer, and when God touches you, and when God blesses you, your whole mindset's going to change. Your identity is going to change, and you are no longer known as the person with all kinds of baggage. You're no longer known as the person who had the hot mess. You are no longer the person who made all those mistakes years ago. You're not going to be known as the person who was this. Now you have a new identity. You're different. You've been changed. And the only person who could do that, by the way, is God. This isn't part of my sermon, but hear me. Some of you have settled for other people's opinion of you and you have allowed that to become your identity. The Lord would say to you today, whoever you are, 
the Lord would say to you that what matters is not what other people think of you more than what I think of you. And your identity comes from God. Is that not good? I don't know who that's for, but man, receive that. Receive that. Walk in that. Live in that. You are not what other people try to make your identity into being to. You are what God says your identity is. And that's a change in mindset. Secondly, there was a change in motion. Look at verse 31. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel. And he was limping because of the injury to his hip. Jacob, as a result of this wrestling match, was limping. He was walking differently. He found himself with a different kind of walk. You see, you see, when 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 God blesses and when God answers and and when 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 you wrestle in prayer for those things that are important to you, do you know what's going to happen? You're your walk with God, it's going to change. I don't have the same walk. <laughs> I don't have the same walk that I had before. Dare I say, some of us, we need to start walking with a spiritual limp. We need to, we, we've been walking the same way we have for decades, some of us. And God would say, I want to switch up, change up. I want to stir up your life so that your walk with me is totally different. And maybe your approach to the word changes. Maybe he just gives you this insatiable hunger for the word of God. Maybe you desire to worship him like you've never desired before. Maybe your time in prayer is not just something to, to check off of some holy checklist so you can alleviate guilt for that day. But maybe, maybe this hunger and this thirst for God is there for you like it never has before. You know what's happened? Your walk has changed. Your walk has changed. Your spiritual walk has changed. And just as Jacob walked differently, it would be my prayer that God's people, when we wrestle with God, that he, that he would cause us to walk with him differently. Here's the last one. And Jonathan, if you could help me out. There was a change in people's memory. There was an influence from this moment. In verse 32, look what happened as a result of this wrestling match. Even today, people of Israel don't eat the tendon near the hip socket because of what happened that night when the man Strain the tendon of Jacob's hip. I want you to follow me. I think we read this verse recently in a message. 
the psalmist said, many will see what the Lord has done and they will put their faith in him. When you fight, when you fight in prayer, you know what happens? God's not only going to do something for you. He's not only going to do something in you, but he'll do something through you. Jacob didn't wake up one day and say, you know what, I really hope I get into a wrestling match and it'll change the dietary laws of my people forever. Not on the agenda. But God brought him through this. And as a result, as a result of this fight, other people's lives were influenced and impacted because of the way Jacob fought. my prayer that as we fight in prayer that other people will see how we handle that situation that other people will see our approach to God in the midst of difficulty that other people will see what God's done that other people will see that even if things aren't going well they're, they're, still, they're still so close to Jesus what is going on and, and, and here's what happens that influence from you just being faithful in the fight, that influence is there. Other people see what God has done and is doing, and their lives are changed. Because again, God doesn't want to do just something for you or in you, but through you. May other people see how Phil Anderson fights and may that influence them to become as close to Jesus as possible. Can you say amen? So I wonder today, do we have any ultimate fighters in here? Maybe you've been fighting in prayer for something. And maybe the temptation is to even give up. You've got a relative that doesn't know Jesus Christ. And it seems like no matter how much you pray, they won't commit their lives to Jesus. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Maybe you were at once really committed to the fight. Out of frustration, becoming tired, thinking that your prayers aren't making a difference, you've kind of walked away from the battle. You've kind of walked out of the ring, if you will. God would say, get back in the fight. You pray for your, you pray for your marriage. You pray for your school. You pray for your kids. You pray for those people that care so much about you. You keep praying. Don't stop fighting. Well, pastor, sometimes it hurts not seeing things go the way that I want to see them. Keep going. Keep going. And my prayer, my prayer is the difference that you make in somebody's life will be well beyond you 
where God not only does something for you, not only something in you, but also something through you. And that we would see as a result of our fighting, as a result of our fighting, we'll not only see a blessing, but we'll also see an influence for Jesus like we would never dream. So this morning, here's what I'm going to give you an opportunity to do. I'm going to give you an opportunity to fight in prayer. But I, I got to tell you, this is not an eight-minute match. <laughs> this thing goes on. It continues tomorrow, continues the next day, until you don't let go. Until you see the answer, until you see the blessing, until you see the miracle. But you keep going. I want to encourage you, don't give in to the temptation to quit. Fight. Fight. Pray. And don't give up. Could you stand with me, please? I'm going to open up. I'm going to open up this altar. I'm going to open up this whole room for you to fight in prayer. And that thing that's foremost in your mind that you want to fight in prayer for. And I've mentioned so many, so I'm not going to go over that again. You know what it is. When I say amen, I want to give you a chance to pray and fight in prayer for whatever that is. And then, Jacob, keep praying. And then the next day, keep praying, Israel. And the next day, keep on praying and keep on praying and don't you forget it and don't you stop because the devil fears when even the weakest Christian in here will bend their knees to pray. And so if we can fight in prayer, what might God do when God's people pray? So I'm going to close in prayer. When I say amen, I'm going to give you a chance just to seek the Lord here. Spend as much time with him as you need. And when you're done, when God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. But let's either take up the battle again or continue it starting today. So Jesus, in these next few moments, I'm asking you, as we mean business, as we pray for that loved one, as we pray for that marriage, as we pray for our our campus, as we pray, Lord, for our friends, God, there are so many things we could pray about. Lord, hear our prayers and move and act. And God, we refuse, we refuse to let go until we see the answer come. I come against frustration. I come against weariness. I come against somebody feeling alone. I come against all of that. And Lord, we will not stop fighting. So meet with your people now, I ask you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. If you need to pray, do so right now. If and when God's released you.